0: Hey, real quick, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming conference that you might be interested in attending. It's the Joy in the Home Marriage and Family Conference, featuring Todd as the guest speaker. It takes place Saturday, September 17th at Foothills Community Church in Marble Hill, Georgia. Hey, that's my church. The conference will start at 5 30 p.m. with dinner provided just prior to the conference at 4 30 p.m. by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I told him to do that just to get up Todd's nose. So if you live in the North Georgia area or you just want to make the drive, make your plans now to attend on Saturday, September the 17th, by going to Foothills Community to get all of the details and your tickets. We can't wait to see you. And now,
1: our British friend. Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one
0: church, we have people repeat a prayer who want to place their faith in Christ. Jesus did all the hard part. He did everything but pray your prayer. I'm going to ask you just to pray with me right now. Just say these words with me. You can say those words every day for the rest of your life and die and be separated from God. The scripture does not say that Jesus Christ came to the nation of Israel and said that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Now who would like to ask me into their hearts?
1: It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Shame, shame, shame on those media outlets who merely use the latest political news to bolster their rating. We would never do that. Wait a second. Got to to title, right? Oh, thank you film eleven. Breaking news <laughs> here on Wretched Radio. Let's go to Chicago to talk politics. That's right. We talk politics on occasion here on Wretched Radio, and as much as it affects the church, theology or societal understanding of religious things in chicago the mayor who is leading a sanctuary city is not happy with the governor of texas he's been shipping busloads of illegal immigrants to the sanctuary city of chicago and she ain't happy about it how does she respond is it by embracing them helping them like you know she says we're supposed to do or does she actually take a pot shot an ad hominem at the governor of Texas specifically his Christian faith? He professes to be a Christian, said Lori Lightfoot, who is is she still married to her wife, yes, to Lori Lightfoot? She, yeah, oh, fascinating. He <laughs> professes to be a Christian. This is not the Christianity in the teachings of the Bible that I know. She didn't cite chapter and verse, but Apparently, the way she reads her Bible, which frankly is as suspect as the way most non-denomination, no, not most, a third of non-denominational pastors are reading their Bible. Did you see that poll? All right, got it right here. Hold on. I got, I got it for you right here. Breaking survey at from George right Barna. Film at eleven. Over a third believe good people can earn their way to heaven. (laughs) The Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, George Barna has his fingers in this pot somehow. It's called the American Worldview Inventory 2022. It examined more than three dozen beliefs held by pastors. Now, we need to remember they did it denominationally. Some of the reports don't break it down by denominations. Others do. But it turns out non-denominational pastors actually fared better than average when it came to adhering to basic fundamental Christian beliefs, although a third of them, not so much evangelicals, although I suspect most non-denoms are evangelical-ish, they they didn't do as well as non-denominationals. Following that, of course, you've got mainline Protestant um, their term, the black churches doing even worse than anybody else when it comes to adhering to basic Christian theology. If you've wanted to know why Western civilization is collapsing on itself, this this is probably the biggest. One third of or more of senior pastors believe the Holy Spirit is not a person, but rather a symbol of God's power. Well, that's always been considered. What's the word I'm looking for? Heresy. Others said moral truth is subjective. What? Postmodern pastors? Zoinks, Scoob. Mm. By the way, was just out at Kennesaw State University having some really great conversations with students. Jimmy. If you're keeping track, we currently have three breaking news political stories (laughs) flying in the air right now. I'm talking to the students and they are they're still a bit postmodern, but they were they were also willing to say, "Okay, there are certain things that are true and false. That mm, observation aside, this one is certain. I spent 30, 40, 50 minutes talking to each one of these students. There was only one guy who said, I got to go. And he happened to be wearing a relatively crisp white shirt, a tie with a name badge that said elder last name. The Mormon guy wanted out. (laughs) But everybody else was willing to talk. And I once again had that same feeling when I was done. They looked at me like, are you going to go? And okay, fine. I suspect it would be amazing to sit on a bench on an 87 degree day with a complete stranger. But I'm telling you, they so desire to hear from people who are interested to hear them. And if you can take the time to ask questions, actually demonstrating I care about y'all, they will talk to you. I suspect. There's going to be some people who aren't really happy with the way things went down on the campus. There were several young students who, uh, okay, for instance, one, I believe his name was David. It was one of those providential moments. We were standing, kind of hovering, looking around, trying to find somebody who maybe looks amenable to having a conversation. And this kid veered off the path to walk pretty much right in front of us. It was, it was just not like, well, that's not the flow that you should be following. And I said, hey, would you be willing to sit down and have a chat with me? And he said, yes, we did. And when it was done, he said, you know, my mom just sent me a text telling me that I need to get things figured out with God. And I encouraged him. I said, don't let the day pass. I said, when are you going to deal with this? And his answer was, well, probably within a month. I said, wait, hold on, two problems. One, you could die. Okay, three problems. Second, you could harden your own heart. You might not be open to the gospel anymore, and God just might get to the place with you where he says, I'm done. You'll receive some common graces, but I will not seek to save you anymore. You're done because your heart is hardened you don't want to be pharaoh third it's to miss the point of christianity why would you wait a month to be in a relationship with the best being in the universe why would you delay christianity isn't just about okay i've got my religious issue boxes checked off no it's about knowing god and i said so when are you going to deal with this and he said well i've got 30 minutes before my next class i'm going to do it now and i said okay see ya, and walked away No, what? I didn't close the deal. That is correct, because I can't close a deal. And haven't we seen enough of the fruit of decisional regeneration, encouraging somebody to just say a quick prayer and congratulations, you're a member of the kingdom of God. If God is saving young David, if I'd walked away in the middle of the conversation, he would have saved him. If I'd set my head on fire, he would have saved. It just doesn't. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. Let that relieve you from the pressure and carrying the burden that you have got to close the deal and get your kids saved. You've got to get your neighbor. No, you've got to be faithful. Preach, teach, share, love, and let God do the regenerating work. The pastors, we're back to ball number two, Jimmy. The pastors that were surveyed among evangelicals, 43% said they do not believe that the personal accumulation of wealth is provided by God for the individual to manage those resources for God's purposes. Uh Uh-oh, little private property concerns here, which is why a decent number, and when I say decent, I mean the exact opposite of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pastors that think capitalism is a bad idea and socialism has merits, say what? These are pastors we're talking about. 39% of evangelical pastors said there's no absolute moral truth and that each individual must determine their own truth. Then what are you doing in the current occupation that you're endeavoring to make a living at? If you think that anybody can get to have a figure, your truth is your truth, and so, then you don't need to be a pastor. We don't need you. No, seriously, we don't need you. If you do not believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, you're in the wrong business because that's what this is for you. You need to change careers. You need to move on, Pastor. The same percentage, 38% of evangelicals, didn't answer the question if human life is sacred. Uh Uh-oh. 37% of evangelicals said having faith is more important than in what? Or more specifically, whom one has faith. That means we got a lot of postmoderns in evangelicalism. Perhaps most startlingly, three in ten evangelical pastors didn't answer in the affirmative if their salvation is based on having confessed their sins and accepting Christ as their Savior. Well, I wouldn't be nuts about checking that box either because i don't believe we accept christ i believe we're commanded to repent and put our trust in jesus christ then he accepts us that quibble in soteriological actually regenerational lingo third of them don't think that you need to believe in jesus and on and on and on it goes in other words The church ain't healthy. There's some great pastors out there, don't get me wrong. But the church overall, it is not healthy. And I suspect Mayor Lori Lightfoot is going to one of those churches. Look at that, Jimmy. All three balls just came landed right here. (laughs) Full circle. (laughs) Calling the governor not very Christian because of what he's doing. It's racist, it's unpatriotic, and it's not Christian. Well, madam, if you ever want to have a chat about what the Bible actually teaches about a myriad of subjects, I suspect there might be some good pastors willing to chat with you. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this... Groovy. Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized. And they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the pre-born centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn born and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering freely loving Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the uh, literal battle for life preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched
0: have you ever wanted to break bread with todd If so, you probably shouldn't. The guy chews with his mouth open. But let me tell you about our newest production here at Wretched. It's called Breaking Bread, and Todd sits down with a special guest each quarter to discuss pertinent issues Christians are facing. Guests like Phil Johnson, Daryl Harrison, Steve Lawson, Justin Peters, Ray Comfort, Tim Challies, and others. Those guys were selfless, and they sacrificed themselves for you. They sat down and broke bread with Todd, so you don't have to. You'll be able to view a brand new Breaking Bread each quarter totally free on the Wretched YouTube channel. Here topics like racism, aging and dying well, shepherding a child's heart, the fear of evangelism, how not to be a discernment jerk, and more were all discussed on Breaking Bread, which is another production made possible by our gospel partners. To learn more about becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner, just visit wretched.org donate. And to learn more about Breaking Bread, visit wretched.org slash breaking
2: bread. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. They typically make about $12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible
1: Important Dates in Christian History 1675 German Lutheran Minister Philipp Jakob Spener publishes Pia Desideria which becomes a manifesto for pietism while both Catholicism and Protestantism define the faith in largely communal and societal terms, pietism emphasized the personal experience of being born again.
2: This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's talk politics. Politics. I want to talk politics. I think that's how the song went. This is Wretched Radio. I actually just saw Libby and Newton-John on the newsstand at the grocery checkout, which, by the way, I'd like to thank all of my local grocers... <laughs> So much for helping me grow in patience by not providing enough employees to actually ring out the very thing that you exist for, people buying groceries. So thank you. Thank you, grocers. And speaking of crazy stuff going on in the economy, yikes, Mrs. Friel is a fiend when it comes to shopping for stuff. Jimmy, do you happen to know what you pay per thermal unit for your home? Or I don't is, even, is that just something you don't need to worry about? I don't even know what that is. Okay. <laughs> it, when you stay warm in the winter. Oh, oh, for yeah. gas. Yeah. Gas. E- exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, n- ah.
2: Two years ago, Mrs. Freel locked us in at .51, 51 cents per therm. Now the best deal she could find, and believe me, she she makes William Shatner look like a complete loser when it comes being a Priceline negotiator. 99 cents per therm that was the best she could do double yeah double because some of them were over a buck literally doubled our economy's in great shape though it is and that's why i'm so (laughs) encouraged because well the press secretary said so so despite what we're paying every month the economy's just doing great isn't it you talk about policies affecting human flourishing when, when if, if you've studied politics and you've, you've merely looked at it on the level of the immediate practical, I, I, think that, I think that what we are seeing right now is what really bad policies do for human flourishing. Overall, they have a larger impact than just the particular issue that you are currently debating. And Jimmy, I heard a term. That i think is super helpful i wish that i had thought of this but i haven't had an original thought in my <laughs> entire life inverted reality Ah, let me yeah inverted re- when you hear politicians speak these days it, everything it's like wait what no it's that's just the you're totally backwards on this that's not the way that it actually is in reality they take reality and they just turn it the exact opposite direction you see it all the time these days what was the name of the, we we spent $700 billion or something like, that's just chump change these days, spent hundreds of millions of dollars for an inflation reduction. Well, um Wow. <laughs> Um, Spending billions of dollars uh, is not going to take care of inflation. There are other issues. And spending more money is precisely what has helped precipitate our current 8.5% inflation rate. Everything is just backwards these days. Nothing is straightforward. And you're seeing that all the time. In fact, our our president said that if you're somebody who is basically conservative, you're, you're, you're trying to ruin democracy. Huh? What, what reality is that exactly? It's an inverted reality. Let's stick to the White House, shall we? White House wants simultaneous COVID and flu shots. The Fauci spokesperson said, quote, the good news is you can get both your flu shot and COVID shot boosters at the same time. It's actually a good idea, said this doctor. I really believe this is why God gave us two arms. One for the flu shot and the other for the COVID shot. Hmm. See, I just, I just look at this a little bit differently. I, I think we've got two arms for all kinds of reasons. <laughs> Not sure what. Well, maybe Quran. This doctor Ahish Ja, perhaps. Jimmy, there was one witness encounter yesterday that I have to. Con- I, I need. Would you do me a favor and Google the word existentialism? Yeah. Because I was talking to a young man on a bench at Kennesaw State yesterday, and I'm pretty sure he was an existentialist, like, to the max, where everything was (laughs) an inverted reality. (laughs) Like, hey, have you ever told a lie? Well, define what a lie is, not speaking the truth. Well, do we even know what truth is? Well, sure we do. We know two times two is four. Well, maybe not. (laughs) stop! Everything was just floating. His feet were firmly planted in midair. i He was consistent, and i and I tried to reason with him, which it's never going to be effective in getting somebody to believe in Jesus Christ. Reason doesn't accomplish that goal, but I was trying to reason with him that the creation is 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 intricately designed. There must be an intricate designer. and he said. Look at my hand. It was just like a normal hand. He goes, look at how how weird this thing is. I've got like a palm and then like these five things shooting out of it. I said, yeah, it's what separates you from monkeys. You've got this thing that holds on to stuff. It's because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're the cream of the creative crop. Well, I just think it looks kind of (laughs) stupid. And I thought, maybe, is he an existentialist? Jimmy, you got the definition for existentialism?
0: It's a philosophical theory which emphasizes the existence of the individual person as free and responsible in determining their own
2: development. Yeah, he was definitely that. Yeah. In fact, I ran into a couple of people that were very romantic. Not that they sent girls flowers, but they were romantic because they, they adhered to the romantic philosophy of the 1700s into the 1800s the idea that what is inside of you determines how you should be living, not how a society or the church in particular wants to conform you into a particular image, but what's what's in your heart. <laughs> Who's the true you, your authentic self? You hear the buzzwords? And these young people were literally were like, I'd, I'd like to live in a society where I don't have to worry about it. And I said, I don't think you do. Because what if my inner desires are to club you in the head, with a Louisville slugger. Well, you can't do that. Why not? It's what my heart tells me to do. At least he heard the gospel. And I'll tell you, 15 years ago, I would have probably gotten agitated with this young man. And I probably would have felt like, well, that was just done. I really need to depress the Shared the law, shared the gospel. Leave it up to the Holy Spirit to do the converting work. It is not our job to save. It's our job to just be faithful, as long as we're at the White House. Hans Feeney, do you know that name? He's Mr. Lutheran Satire. He's the fellow who makes those videos. Ah, oh, Patrick, if you've ever... That's modalism, Patrick, in de- dealing with... <laughs> with the Doctrine of the Trinity, their cartoons. Very funny. When Horace Stole Christmas, brilliant, pithy summary of the ridiculous accusations that unbelievers have that everything in the Bible was basically lifted from mythological figures. Um, No, no, it wasn't. Hans Feeney writing, unlike Christ, the government and universities are not suffering and giving up for the sake of the guilty party. Why is he writing an article, especially for The Federalist? Because there are people who are saying it's Christian to do debt forgiveness. Quote, from one Shane Claiborne. Wow. Did he resurface? Shane, I thought Shane had his day. And when the emergent movement kind of shattered, I didn't know that he was still in business. Quote, if you're mad about Biden forgiving student debt, just wait until you hear what Jesus did. Well, you see, that's a difference. Jesus paid it. It wasn't the government paying it with other people's money. Do you see that That your analogy, Shane, kind of falls apart? Hans Feeney, we should cancel existing student debts by raiding the endowments of those universities. Finally, somebody said they've got potentially trillions of dollars. Okay. If our government has been biffing it, that the cost of education has been superinflated more than the cost of a therm these days, then let the university, which profited from these policies, let them give the money back. Not the government, because the government giving money back isn't giving money back. It's taking money from other people to give it to other people. And I know that there are some there's some good... Fo- I've read a fair amount of articles where they're just slamming So I'm supposed to pay for your French poetry feminist degree? Okay, there's that. But there's, there's some good kids, but that's irrelevant. The question is, what is the biblical way to deal with this? I think Hans is right. Then we should ban student loans, defund public universities, and roast marshmallows over the burning contracts of every dean of kink inclusivity that made higher education unaffordable and worthless. Jimmy? I can get behind that. Well, we're going to have to send him a note, this Hans Feeney, and ask him how he feels about this subject. <laughs> it's not quite as clear. It's, it's for those people who are saying that the student loan forgiveness program, that's what Christians should do, just forgive. I agree, but that's not what this is. This is taking money from some to give it to others in an unfair manner. Can I get my tuition reimbursed? We, our kids, they graduated without debt. Can I get a check, please? And the answer is no. And that's why this current program, anything but Christian. This is Wretched Radio.
0: This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. So I don't want to assume that you've heard of Peppa Pig because it was a first for me. I don't think I've ever heard of the program, but it's in the news right now. The animated show has long been criticized for its portrayal of the traditional family. But now that's all going away, it seems, because the British show has bent to society and introduced its first same-sex couple (laughs) to lesbian polar bears because... That's something you find in the animal kingdom? No, you don't see that in the animal kingdom, but you will on Peppa Pig now because the world dictates what truth is, not actual reality. And in case you haven't realized, the world has gone absolutely nutty. Listen to this. Let me tell y'all, the, like, white supremacy really allows a child to feel so protected and safe. So obviously this is radio. You couldn't see the video that I just played, but you heard the audio where this guy just said kids jumping on a trampoline is a sign of white supremacy. Absolutely everything is a sign of white supremacy, apparently. Well, a coalition of Christian medical professionals won a major medical victory last week when a federal district court ruled that they are not required to participate in the state's new physician-assisted suicide law. So the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, last year lowered the waiting period for life-ending drugs from 15 days to 48 hours. And the Christian Medical and Dental Association sued the state, asserting that the law makes its members participants in an action that they morally oppose. More than 90% of CMDA members would rather stop practicing medicine, according to the suit, than be forced to participate in an assisted suicide. The key word there is morality. Well, Christians in Zambia, Africa, are celebrating the latest milestone in Bible translation, the creation of Bibles written in their native tongues. According to reports, the effort is led by Wycliffe Associates, an organization that offers Bible translations in countless languages. Currently, over 5,000 people are working in Zambia to translate the Bible into the 20 native languages in that area. And from Nigeria, Filani Herdsman last week killed six Christians in central Nigeria, and the next day attacked a night prayer service in the country's southwest area. And that's just the latest in a growing number of attacks in Nigeria this year, which last year led the world for Christians killed for their faith. This year, that number is likely going to double. Nigeria also only trails China and the number of churches attacked in the last year as well. And as we tell you nearly daily here at Wretched, please make sure that you are continuously praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks.
1: Books of the Bible. 1 Corinthians is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. Paul addresses his concerns about divisions and immorality in the church. Then Paul answers questions from the Corinthians about marriage, food, worship, gifts, and the resurrection. When you want to understand God's high calling for the church, look to First Corinthians. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The thrill of victory
2: the agony of defeat spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of articles, stories book quotes that I just didn't have time to put together in an organized fashion hey, hey we're called to be honest I'm just telling you, was at the campus yesterday did a bunch of reading, organization not so much so consider this the wide world Of Christian News Stories. This is Wretched Radio. Was once again encouraged yesterday. Went to the campus of Kennesaw State. Talked to a lot of students who were so willing to listen. A lot. They were willing to talk. They were willing to listen. It was a total joy. I'm telling you, every single time you go out evangelizing, I get it. You go dragging your feet. You come home kicking your heels. Every single time, no matter how it goes, there is a food that the Lord provides when you are doing his work that sustains you and it gives you just a feeling. That's right. I, a conservative cessationist Christian, said that I can actually have a Christian feeling. Well, there's a good feeling to sharing the gospel with people, whether they are amenable to it or not. And I would encourage you again, this has been consistent now. I have seen waves in evangelical history over the last 20-some years where sometimes on the campus it can be pretty tricky, other times not so bad. Other times it's like, you know what, it's pretty good time to get out there. We've come out of the season of it being pretty aggressive, and it's good now. And I think it's because so many students are so isolated. They're on a campus with 60,000 other students, and yet they're lonely. They don't feel a part of anything. And their families aren't engaged in their lives. And if you're a church that is located next to a university campus, next to a tech school, which I highly recommend, incidentally, as an alternative to a four-year education, go. Please go. I, It, it just... It crushes me that the ministry, the wretched ministry, is so far away from the campus because I would love to be out there like every day, (laughs) just same bad time, same bad station. Just at, at some point, I was imagining yesterday, we've been out to Kennesaw State. It's our current fishing hole. We used to go to UGA a lot, Georgia Tech, Georgia State. Well, for some reason, we're at Kennesaw State a lot. Really pleasant campus. It's the largest university in Georgia right now with about 60,000 students. And I, I've i probably been out there oh, a couple dozen times, maybe. And so if you if you talk to between five and ten kids, it's starting to add up, which means that if you just have a regular presence on the campus, just go walk the campus, go witnessing to the kids. Then when you're getting your steps in, go walk the campus. You're going to bump into them. You're going to see him. Hey, I talked to you yesterday. How are you? What did you think about what we had to say? And you could have a powerful presence on a university campus. And I have to tell you, once again, it hurt my heart. There was several young people. I'm thinking of Reginald. Now, you probably think Reginald, why were you witnessing to an 85 year old man? Well, this happens to be a Reginald who's, I think he was 20, (laughs) a young guy. And he was very receptive to what we were saying. And he said, I really need to get plugged into a church. Oh, so now I'm like scrounging and trying to, now perhaps there's one nearby. The closest one I could find was up the road and the kid doesn't have a car, so he's not going. Ah, if you're a good church and you're near a campus, please get some sort of program to evangelize the kids. You will be blessed and so will they. Let's go to Pennsylvania, shall we? Satanic Temple is hosting an after-school Satan club. (laughs) This is the fruit of actually not having a culture, is what this is. (laughs) Because... The Satanists do have an argument. Hey, we're a religious organization. We have all of the marks of an re- organized religion. Therefore, if the Christians can do it, so can we. And you could have an argument from that perspective. And it's winning these days. Why? Because we don't have a culture that says, look, we're fine. If you want to worship Satan, that's up to you. But that's not what we're about here. Just in ge- we don't We don't worship the dark side of things. That's... Not what our culture is. But these days you can't have a culture, so you get Satan Club. They already took God out of schools. Now they're going to let Satan in. It's just crazy, said a student. I think a lot of Christians, we're going to have to figure out, do we want to be able to use the schools to go in them to preach the gospel when the Satanists and the atheists now are getting organized? Uh, is, it, is, it, is it better to find another way to reach the kids than to have them exposed to Satan clubs? Or do we just get into the arena if it's open to us and we compete because we know that we win? I think that's my preference. Let's stay in the game. Let let's Let's keep trying to reach students with the gospel. Did I mention... They're super open to it these days. To New York City, we go. Jimmy, do you know what's going on right now in the big overripe apple? Because it isn't real fresh fruit there in New York. Lots of people saying it's really kind of hurtin', grungy looking, really not good huh. in the New York City. Well, that's what I've heard, and if I've heard it, it's true. It's pff, absolutely <laughs> the U.S. Open is going on. Uh, You're a big tennis fan. <laughs> Who are you rooting for? Andre Agassi. You I used w- to be a big tennis fan. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like 60 now. The popular guy is the bad boy of tennis. His name is Nick Kyrgios. It's got a G in there, but I don't think you pronounce it. He's from Australia. And if you know anything about tennis, this kid is so naturally talented, it's frightening. <laughs> Just... It's amazing what he can do with a tennis ball. Friel, what does this have to do with the price of tea in Texas on a Tuesday? Well, he just lost to a Karen. Well, not to, like, somebody who's a little older and kind of crabby. The guy's name is Karen Kachanov, or Kachanov, if you're Russian. He lost to the Russian guy, and he took his tennis rackets, and he smashed them on the ground after the match, breaking them, Took a second racket out of his bag, smashed that one too. And what did the audience do? Nothing. Did they boo him like they used to jeer at John McEnroe for his tantrums? No. And then the commentators came on. You see, I watch tennis so that you. You can't keep up with everything. So I'm watching the tennis channel and the commentators, they're talking about it for two days. I didn't hear one of them, maybe there was one, I didn't hear one of them that was actually critical. Isn't it good to see that Nick is so passionate about the game? You know, he's really been kind of disinterested, which is why his talent hasn't been able to flourish. And I thought to myself, hold the phone, Henrietta. Why are we cheering? And the crowd overwhelmingly cheering for him. The Russian guy, you would think he was from Russia or something. They're cheering for the Aussie bad boy who yells at the people in his box. He swears at them. He drops the F-bomb on them. And when you go to see Nick, you go to see fireworks. And it gets cheered and it gets applauded. And I thought to myself, for all of the commentators and people in the stands that weren't appalled with his behavior, is that what you want your kid to be like? By you cheering for bad boy, deconstructionist behavior. What are you telling the next generation? That's the way to get attention. What a shift we've seen at the U.S. Open. It's always been a rowdier tennis tournament, but when somebody behaved atrociously, they felt the wrath, even of people from New York City. Today, it gets celebrated. To Monroe, that's Alabama. This is a Wow, this story, this, is, this one's going to be fun to watch unfold. A fellow confessed to killing another man three years ago. Why? Because he got saved and he was ministering at a recovery center and he just said that he could no longer do, do keep this inside of him, finding it hard to keep the secret while simultaneously talking to others in recovery about the freedom in the Lord. He turned himself in. Wow. That's a testimony. That is powerful. And just as an aside, do, do you as a Christian need to go back and confess every sin to everybody that you've done wrong? And I think the answer is we should be willing to. We should be eager to. But I don't think that it's always necessary, first of all, because maybe you just had harbored ill will And or maybe you just thought things and you just you said things and to go bring it up might just make it more of a wound. You know what I used to think about you? I don't anymore, but man, did I think that you were a loser. So I'm sorry for that. No, I don't think it's always necessary or wise, nor do I think it's practical. But when you've done something like, I don't know, murdering somebody. There should be a 2 Corinthians 7 desire to make things right. And this testimony of this man from Monroe, Alabama, I got to tell you, is there anything really more powerful than that? This is Wretched Radio. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home would you please visit slash wretched affordable biblical health sharing christians paying for other christians medical bills which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff second of all you can save on average 500 per month and finally medishare it's the gold standard for healthcare care sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash Wretched.
0: Thank you for joining us for Wretched Radio today. When is the last time you took a gander around the Wretched Store? If it's been a while, I'd like to urge you to do so today. The Wretched Store is home to tons of great resources, books, booklets, videos, MP3s, and curriculum. And I'll go out on the limb and say that everybody will be able to find something they'll love and learn from in the Wretched Store. So take some time and peruse all we have available. Wretched.org store. All of the resources that you'll find are only made possible by the support of our gospel partners. We can't produce the content that we're able to produce without that ongoing support. So while you're visiting the Wretched store at Wretched.org, would you also consider taking a look at our donate page by clicking the give link at the top of the page. There you'll find all the information you will ever need regarding becoming a gospel partner. Wretched.org slash store Wretched.org slash donate
2: Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Two.
1: In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the door. A door serves to provide or prevent access. Thieves and robbers are prevented from entering in. But those who trust in Christ are able to come through him into eternal salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd
2: Friel. Oh, Patrick, what's going on in Ireland? If I had to grade my own impression, (laughs) I'd be put in jail. This is Wretched Radio. My apologies to everyone who lives on the lovely Emerald Isle. My impersonation of you isn't so good, but I join you in being concerned about what might be the biggest evangelical story of the week. It's a teacher who refused to use pronouns that the student that the school board insisted that he use for a boy who was air quote transitioning into becoming a girl the boy wanted himself to not be called a singular masculine pronoun he him instead he preferred they them which maybe could be corrected if they actually put him into an english class where he learned the difference between singular and plural pronouns furthermore he's he's not a they He's a him, that's reality. You cannot disconnect your sex from your your chemistry. Your DNA has dictated who you are. Now, you can choose to not live in alignment with that, that's your call, but we would do everything to persuade you. No, the way that your body presents itself is what you actually are, but science aside, even the trend is raging in Ireland where young people are trying to become another gender i think this is a, this is a, this is an this is a fruit of a lot of stuff but i think one of the big culprits in this believe it or not is the iphone that that what kids are are hearing and what is being encouraged to them via social media is one of the reasons we have this situation. Mrs. Freel was just telling me about. She read a. She said she read an article. I think I asked her to send it to me. The woman God gave me didn't send me the article that she was reading. That was fascinating. It was the story of a lot of young women who have body image issues, and they, they, I, th- uh, Munchausen. Is what it is like when, when you act sick, but you're not because it gets you attention. Well, that seems to be a trend. And the reason that it's a trend is because of social media. So the one of the girls that they focused on who was very skinny, very sickly looking, but wasn't actually sick. She was ultimately put into the hospital because her life was in danger. And they finally said, we've got to take away the cell phone and they did and she went ballistic she jimmy she was yelling more than the president of the united states at half of the american population (laughs) she was not happy you can't take that that's where my community is well guess what they took it away and she's doing better today why what happened now this it is an anecdote but it is a regular anecdote because a lot of people are going to the internet they're isolated they're lonely they're scared they're sad They don't feel fulfilled. They have no purpose. So they find a community that encourages them. And this young lady now says that I used to feel bad that I wasn't as sick looking as somebody else because of the peer pressure that existed on social media. So they bring you into this little community and then you end up feeling bad because you're not shining in that sub sect of society. You 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 aren't feeling good in the world, so you find a little world, and then you ultimately are torn to pieces by that little world because you aren't at the pinnacle of that little world. Mom and Dad, I don't know what to tell you about the cell phone business. I got to tell you. But please have some sort of plan. Have some sort of policy. Have some sort of program. Are your kids going to act like that young emaciated woman in a hospital when you take away a cell phone or you put limits on it? Yep. Yep. But I don't think it's exaggerating anymore to say that cell phones, while a blessing, are very dangerous. And you you are allowing your kid to just walk into any battle zone that they choose to. I I I think this illustration has been used before by somebody. Would you put your teenage boy into a room filled with Playboy magazines? And just, well, all the other boys are in rooms with Playboy magazines. You go, no, not going to have. Well, your kid's cell phone is a room filled with worse than Playboy magazines. Please have a policy. I, I don't know what it would be. I know it's going to be a battle. I hate to armchair quarterback your parenting from a distance, but... Just know, it's dangerous out there. In Ireland, a teacher who refused to stu- use students' gender-neutral pronouns going to jail. Oh, are you shocked he's an evangelical Christian? Isn't that cool? I believe he's out now. But when he was asked to use the new pronouns, plural pronouns, for a singular masculine individual, he said no can do. So they put him on paid suspension. He kept showing up to work. So then they arrested him. <laughs> I love my school, but here I am today because I would not call a boy a girl in jail in Ireland. I, do, I, I think he's out now, isn't he, Jimmy? Have you been tracking this story? Uh, yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I think he is. Enoch Burke arrested yesterday morning for breaching a court order. And he was later suspended, refused to stay away. Now he's in jail. That's Ireland. Okay, I know this is naive, but when I think of Ireland, why do I think of more moral? Even with, even with half Catholic, half Protestant, just the religious influence? Shouldn't it be not dealing with pronoun issues? Disney. So I guess we're in Florida right now. They've got themselves a new cartoon. It's about Satan. How cool is that? It's called Little Demon. They're not being subtle about this one at all. The plot features demonic pagan rituals and a single mom impregnated by Satan. This sounds like charming fare for a child. Oh yeah! I think this is going to places where no child has gone before. This is terrific. The cartoon takes place 13 years after an unmarried pagan woman is impregnated by Satan, voiced played by Danny DeVito, you know, guys got to make a living, and follows her and her daughter, the spawn of Satan, referred to as the Antichrist, through life. It features demonic witchcraft, pagan rituals, gratuitous blood, gore and nudity, and judging by the trailer can easily be considered pornographic by definition. Well, whoever wrote this article for the Gateway Pundit doesn't really understand current definitions. Because <laughs> that's pretty tame, isn't it? Can somebody tell me why Netflix doesn't allow you to search for movies based on ratings? Anybody? No. I don't want to get all cue on you, but... Huh. Is it possible that they want you looking at those images? And, well, maybe this one isn't so bad. It's PG-18. It's maybe not so bad. Um, It probably is. (laughs) I'm just guessing they don't want you to search by ratings because they would prefer that you get brought into their system by putting your eyes on bad things Two. Well, as long as we're in England, the Lambeth Conference, it it concluded now probably about a week ago. This is where the Anglican Communion, they bring together a bunch of bishops. The British Broadcasting System is reporting now on the conclusion of the matter regarding LGB stuff. Because if you recall, the African bishops, they came to England and they said, we're not going to play. This is it. We've got to draw the line on these gender and sexuality issues. We can't be in a communion if we don't have union on this issue. I say salute to the African bishops. And so the archbishop, Justin Welby, he actually wrote something that said, yeah, I'm with the Africans. Well, that leaked. So the peer pressure began, and this is the conclusion of the matter for the Anglican communion. The BBC is satisfied that the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, has brokered a compromise on one of the most controversial issues of the day. How does one compromise? Well, Archbishop Welby's solution is that the traditional doctrine remains on paper, but those who flout the doctrine will not be sanctioned. Everybody happy now? Nope. So don't flout it. Just do it quietly, apparently. It's on the paper. Are are you happy, Biblicist? But just between the rest of us, if you're going to marry somebody who looks a lot like their future spouse, because they're the same gender. (laughs) The BBC states that the Archbishop, quote, has found the formula for now. And I think that's an important prepositional phrase. This maybe will work now, but at some point... And it's almost a certainty that the Anglican Communion will go the way of the progressives, and it will become entirely apostate, and it will become another Protestant denomination, because, well, they're sort of Protestant, a little Catholic, little Protestant, another Protestant denomination to bite the dust. Methodists, some Presbyterians, the Lutherans, the Anglicans why same problem with each denomination a low view of the bible until tomorrow go serve your king